hello there. You are listening to Jelly and Bean, and this is a show where we talk about all manner of geek topics, tech, movies, TV shows, games, and more. It's hosted by none other than Brandon Maines, an unlikely hero from the distant lands of the United States, and myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly, an Apple fanboy with a heart of gold. Today is Friday the 28th of June 2013, and this... This right here is episode 31. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. We're at the big 3-1. Yeah, yeah. The next episode, C, 32, will be the backwards version of 23, which was the best episode. Oh, that's true. So does that mean episode 32 will be, in fact, the worst episode? Very possibly. Or or does it mean that it, it will be as good as the best episode, but only if you play it backwards? But awful in awful in like forwards, but really awesome in in reverse. Yes. Well, Mm. speaking of things that have reversed recently. Oh. uh, I I assume you've heard because we uh, posted about it on the Jelly and Bean Twitter. Yes. Microsoft has decided to reverse their DRM policies. Indeed. See, Jelly, that's how you do a segue. All right. Yeah, it was a very good segue. (laughs) Right, right in there. No, no, like having to get started or anything. That's awesome. Keep going, keep going. Make my day. Okay. All right. So, uh, unfortunately for us, this the news came out pretty much right after we recorded. Yeah. So we weren't able to talk about it uh, in last week's episode. So we, that's why we're making sure to hit it now. Um, they they've essentially said that due to uh, feedback from consumers, they've decided to drop the. Online checking, so no 24-hour check, none of that. Um, they've dropped the region checking, which they used to have. They've dropped any used game restrictions, no used game marketplaces or anything like that they have to deal with. It's Essentially, it'll be exactly like it is now. Which is... So you can trade in your games, you can sell, you know, you give games yeah. to your friends, you can, you know, break them and throw them away if you want. You, you buy a game and you can do almost... Anything that you like with it once you have exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, th- that that's, I guess, that's pretty much a good thing. It's, it's, I, I'm not 100% sold on the fact that it's a good thing um, because I, I think it is one of those things that eventually it's going to get to the way that the Xbox was going to, was, was going to be. And there are benefits to that. You know, like we, we mentioned the whole, you know, your, your games go with you. And you can share them with friends and that kind of stuff. Right. And you don't need the disc disc into play. And theoretically, you know, there there might be smaller prices as well because publishers don't have like right now. You buy a game for say eighty bucks. The you know EA has already assumed that has kind of in that price has put the cost that they'll lose to you selling the game to a friend or selling it to EB Games or something like that. Right. So theoretically, there could be smaller prices, but. You know who knows now, and that's the thing, um, right? Because I mean that, and there has been plenty of people who have kind of gone, "Oh, well, now that we're getting we're getting our way, maybe it wasn't such a good idea in the first place." Um, there is an article I think on Gizmodo that I saw, and it was like, you know, it just got worse. Uh, but that's the here's the thing: like all the things that could have happened were still only at this stage. Uh, you know possibilities or or even just kind of you know fantasies in our like uh, that we had about this the way that this was going to work because um at no point has any game publisher ever actually said that it was going to be you know that the games were going to cost less in fact they were right. the everything that we had heard was that they were going to cost the same amount uh, and that possibly buying them secondhand might be that might be different or the same or who who actually knows um in my mind this is the better solution if only because it means that the consumer has the control over the thing over stuff if it means right. that we have to pay a little bit more and continue to do that for for the uh you know for the foreseeable future then that means that you know then i i'm happy to do that because i think having the control is is much better than handing that control over to somebody like microsoft who could you know do whatever they want with it yeah. Well, see, I, I think that, you know, maybe for the Xbox 2, uh, when that when that comes out, right? It, they, they need to be 
I think they, they need to have all the answers when they first announce any deed. Like it needs to be all details or nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, look, and, and they need, and they need, they need to come out and say, look, we, you know, we've, we've, we've locked this down, but in, you know, it's a trade off because you'll get, you know, prices half the cost of what they are now, you know, or, or something, you know, you, they, they need to sell the benefits as opposed to just, ooh, maybe we'll do that. Who knows? You know, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say, I think what you're trying to say is that they have to be a bit more like Apple. <laughs> uh, so I mean Apple is is very is very well known that all of their all of their products right are very very uh what's the word opinionated they're very yes. opinionated everything that they do is opinionated right because you know iPhones you can't put extra memory in there because that would because in their in their mind that would suck uh you you can't do things like you can't sideload apps because that could suck um you know they they they've got opinions about how their software should be used, how their hardware should be used, and, you know, it doesn't matter how much you're going to complain about it, they're not going to change their minds. So, what you're trying to say there is, is that they should be, that Microsoft should decide what they're going to do, and then just stick with it, no matter what the public says. Yes? Well, not necessarily. Like, you know, it's it's not a, it's not, it's not a, a bad thing that they've changed their mind. In fact, like, that's, for, for a company of any size, that's... That's that's a move you don't you don't usually see, right? But I I think they should have just been, it, almost like I wish that I think they should have seen this coming. Yeah, yeah, especially given how they attempted to market it, which was pretty much like a, you know, again with with no information, so just kind of like here, online checking, but it'll be sparingly or never or twenty once once every twenty four hours, you know. Like if, I, I think they should have come and just said, "This is how we've set this up. Here's why it's great for you." you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's that's a very key thing. See, is that they 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 kind of they they were very undecided about it. I guess uh, right from the beginning, right? They they. You know, they didn't really have the details, and it kind of came out this way and that way, and there was rumors, and they didn't really address them properly. And then, you know, the rumors kind of changed, and they still didn't address it properly. And then they finally kind of said, you know, this is how it's going to work. And um, really, the thing is, is that they really need they needed to put in more effort into actually determining why this was going to be amazing for consumers and make that happen, like make the the good stuff happen. So, right. you know, if this was going to actually end up with us getting cheaper games, they should have actually made sure that that was going to be ca- the case from the get-go, right? You know, yeah. they should have actually come out and said, hey, look, you know, we're, we're going to have, uh, you know, these games are going to be, you know, you, you buy them and they're just, you know, they're locked to your account uh, and you can't use them with another account unless you, you know, unless you go through these kind of hoops. However, games are now going to cost, you know, half as much. And you know they sh- they could have actually you know announced that sort of that sort of details with the Xbox One uh, yeah. actual launch, and that would have been amazing. Everybody would have been talking about it, and nobody would have cared about the fact that oh gosh you can you know you can't share games anymore. You can't you know you can't sell your games, uh, you know, trade them in or anything like that. Um, because you know. Who cares about that when you got when you're getting you know the cheaper games? Nobody's going to care about it. Yeah, exactly. I think that the problem may, the the problem is is that they just really they f- they didn't focus enough on the the benefits of these particular you know issues that we were you know that that, that have been kind of plaguing the the Xbox One since since you know before it was even announced. Yeah. Uh, they they really really needed to spend more time actually figuring out why these were were going to be great for consumers, and then really push that, really sell that. Tell tell us why it's going to be amazing. Tell us why you know. Tell us why we should you know give up the fact that we can trade in the games, because if you know if you don't actually you know point that out, then nobody's going to even even care. Like it's just going like everybody's going to be worried about the fact that. You know, games are going to cost the same, and we can't even sell them off when we're finished with them. Right. But I, I, so, I guess that one one 
there, there's one improvement over the current paradigm of 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 Microsoft, and that is that the Xbox One will be region free. That's cool. Which is great news for everyone who's not in the U.S. because it means you can buy your games from the U.S. and get them shipped over. Yes. Paying much less than you normally would, and they'll work. Now, this, now this is something the the Sony did with the PlayStation Three, and I don't I don't know why Microsoft didn't follow suit. Um, because it would have been great. <laughs> but yeah, so now you know there, there's no reason to go into JB Hi-Fi and spend eighty bucks on it when you can go on Amazon when it's on sale and get it for forty. Yeah, can you actually ship to like ship games to Australia with Amazon? Because I know that you can't. Like there are certain items that you can't ship outside of the US, like uh, stuff that requires power. Yeah, you can ship games because that's what I do. Because right. my my ex my uh, three sixty is a US one. Right. So it if if it can play other region, you know, some so there are some some games that are region free on their own but usually it's not plus i don't want to spend you know 80 bucks for a game like i said i can get for 40 um but yeah so normally it's you know maybe 10 10 bucks shipping if you're just buying that item on its own yeah fair enough um but you know usually you're you're buying a couple things at once anyway so that the shipping kind of gets absorbed into everything yeah but, but again even if even though that's all you're buying 50 bucks is still better than you know 80 i can i can see uh New markets opening up for for you know importing games. I mean uh, that, yeah. that sort of stuff happens already. Uh, I think JB Hi-Fi actually did play with that for a bit. No, wait, it was Harvey Norman. Did yes, it. I don't know if they still do it, but cheap games would you could you know buy games cheaper by ordering them online through the web through a particular website, and they were just basically ordered in from a different country for you. Um, yeah, I think I think with Harvey Norman they were doing it from their um, Irish counterparts yeah so maybe maybe we will see some more services like that now that uh it, you don't require specific uh regions within really any of the consoles i don't know yeah. does the wii u have region locking? I, I don't know i don't know if the wii u does i know nintendo's um handhelds do right They're, you know like i'm gonna go with probably yeah so i, but, I wouldn't be but surprised the two major you know the two major consoles now now basically allow uh, will allow no, you know, region-free games. Wait. Yeah. They will allow region-free games. And, I mean, games. I guess best-case scenario is that the prices here drop drop to match so that you don't have to order from a different country to get it sent over. You will be able to walk in JB and get the same price. Right. So, more on games, right? This past week, and in fact, I think it was maybe yesterday or the day before, um, earlier this week... Uh, it was announced that Saints Row 4 was refused classification here in Australia. Now, and I, w- I want to point out for our listeners that it, it's it's been, what, maybe maybe about a year since there was a, a the, the the addition of the, what is it, is it, is it R? I don't remember what it's called, the... The, the the latest classification or the yeah the new the new level of classification, yeah. uh, which should be allowing you know higher levels oh, of R R eighteen plus is what it is yeah. So this even this has even been refused that uh, because of some sexual violence stuff in there I think, um, and also possibly I think it was also uh, some narcotics use, so. Yeah, I I think for Saints Row Saints Row Four, uh, all I know about it is I'm pretty sure it involves a alien probe. Yes, I I think that that's all that's all I'll say on the subject. Um, but <laughs> essentially, it says it was it was uh, the the board says the 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 lack of a rating was a result of sexual violence. Yeah. So there was two items that I saw in the article that I read, right, that was basically they lifted some excerpts from, you know, why it was refused classification. Uh, one was the the probe thing that you're talking about. We all we all know we don't need to go into why, you know, why that's uh, being used as why it shouldn't get a classification. I'm sure that people can use their imaginations for that one. <laughs> the other one that I saw was that there is, in, in this game, it, it seems to be set in, like, a f- sort of futuristic 
city as opposed to, you know, present day like the previous ones have been. Um, there's like alien stuff and there seems to be like technology kind of related stuff in, in the games. Um, which is where that, you know, where the alien probe comes in. Uh, the other one is some alien narcotics, which actually give you superpowers apparently. Um, but they give, (laughs) well, of course, uh, because there's been narcotics in previous, like in the previous games, uh, but what they do is they actually inhibit you, so you can you, you know you can smoke something and it'll make the like the visuals all blurry and you can't really tell anything, or it'll make you know make things look wavy or something like that. Like it it you know they they cause the game to be difficult to play. Uh, these new ones actually give you superpowers, uh, but you you get them from a dealer, and uh, you smoke them the same way that you would smoke you know regular narcotics. Uh, they're regular narcotics, except they actually make things awesome in the game. Uh, <laughs> and so that they they the suggestion is that that was you know that's considered uh, an incentive promoting for, drug yeah, use, promoting drug use, or you know incentivizing drug use. And uh, so that was part of the reason why they re- uh, refused it classification. But to be honest, I'm not particularly sad about this. I like I I played the first and second uh, Saints Row games and didn't didn't you know quite enjoyed them. Uh, played played them you know all the way through and stuff like that. The third one, I think I got maybe a third of the way through and just gave up because I just couldn't couldn't be bothered anymore. It was just not worth it. I can't imagine that uh, that Saints Row Four is going to be much better than that. Given the direction that they were going, well, you know, I, I think that that's. I, f- I feel like jelly, jelly. I think we need to have a talk. I feel like that's the wrong mindset to be taking in this situation. Okay, fine. Because it, it's not just a matter of you know the game wasn't very good, um, so that I'm all right. Like I think it's it's a bad precedent to set, um, that that they'll ban game. You know that, that these games will be banned for. And and again, not not saying that that. You know, um, alien probing is a good thing, but but that it unless you're into that sort of it, thing, yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, we don't judge here. <laughs> um, but like, it's one of those things. Like, I- I'm sure you could find a movie that you know involved drug use or aliens, like in, in that manner, and the-, the movies wouldn't be banned from Australia, mm. or at least ban- you know banned from from being sold. So it it just seems kind of a like I, I think they're holding video games to to much too high a standard, and and I think the you know and I'm sure if you if you say that to them they'd be like oh well you know we're doing it for the children well children shouldn't be playing R18 plus games to begin with that's why they're they've got the you know the age in the classification title you know right of course that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to end up happening which is part of the, I think the reason why they uh, they're doing that but then. When you talk about it that way, then you know why bother having an R eighteen. It's all it's it's all kind of one big cyclical thing. You are right in that I think you know given that they've got this new this especially with this new uh, classification for games, really anything that's considered to be you know uh, you know too grotesque, I guess, should be just should be classified that way. Um, Regardless of whether or not you know the children are going to end up getting their hands on it anyway, or whether it promotes certain things, the government has to, at some stage, like respect the you know the ability for their constituents to actually make good decisions. Yeah, that's really all it comes down to, um, and it just means that you know despite the fact that they've provided us you know with this new rating there's no there there is actually no uh like that hasn't actually changed anything it like they just they just gave it to us because you know it was going to look good and then they're not actually going to do anything worthwhile with it yeah like it feels like now we are, are we going to have to fight for another rating that's slightly higher than you know the R19 yeah. plus yeah see i don't know well, you know, what's funny is that it it, it it's going to have less impact as well once the new the or I mean, I guess for 
PlayStation users, it has no impact because they can, again, just get it from the U.S. But when the Xbox One comes out and the PS4, you know, they have no region locking anyway, so it doesn't matter what the Australian government rates the game, just buy it from a different country. Yeah, and that's the thing. Anytime you ban something, people are going to get their hands on it anyway. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. They will find yeah. a way to do it. And I want to point out that it's it's not that the game is banned, like, you know, you'll get arrested for 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 owning it. But it's just illegal to, I think, sell or buy it within Australia. But you you can purchase it as in, you know, like you could go online and purchase it from another country while in Australia. You just can't, no no Australian retail can be involved. Yeah, there's no, nobody's, nobody's going to be, basically what it means is you're not going to be able to buy it in Australia from a store. Like you can't walk down to EB Games right. and find it because it won't be there. Um, they won't be able to carry it. Um but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to be available at all, and especially even for even for the Xbox 360, right? Uh, it's it doesn't mean it's not going to be available on that because they're still they're not going to not produce, uh, you know, the games for this particular region because there are other countries in this region which uh, probably aren't going to be block, uh, banning the game, so they'll right. still produce them. You just have to know where to buy them from. Yeah. It's pretty much what it comes well, down to. Um, yeah, uh, the Deep Silver, the uh, publisher for uh, Saints Row, has has already announced that they're planning on resubmitting a modified version of Saints Row Four. Yeah, okay. That that I you know I assume will be remove the parts that got it uh, stopped it from getting classification. Yep. But but essentially, it still that means that Australians are going to be getting a watered down version of the game. Right. But at least they're getting the game, I guess. And at least it's yeah. available to buy easily for the people who aren't going to, you know, have the wherewithal to go online and find it. Um, I mean, it's it's not an ideal solution, obviously. And, you know, uh, having just basically, you know, ranted about the fact that, you know, it's terrible to ban anything, really. Uh you know, I'm I'm aware that you know it's kind of a, a very different take on it, but um, you know, having a solution, regardless of whether it's the best solution, is at least good. And it's, I mean, it's 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 not the the game publisher's fault really. They're just you know they, they've got to do what they've got to do in order to get a game released in you know in certain areas of the world. Um, right. So it's not their fault government's fault that government always government doing governmenty things yep so on a completely different topic let's uh let's you know let's leave that one for a while i'm sure it'll i'm sure it will cook over the next few weeks <laughs> and it'll be just right when you know in a few weeks when we want to talk about it again <laughs> delicious uh there is rumors out there in the world, in the internets, the intertubes, interwebs, I don't know. There are rumours that uh, Vin Diesel has been, is is in talks with Marvel to be a, in one of the upcoming Marvel movies. Okay. So is, is, is there a, a bald superhero villain that, that you can think of? So, will he? Will he be? be I, I got it. I've got it. In the next X Men movie, he'll be playing uh, Professor X. But X Men uh, X Men movie no, is with, and Professor with X, Fox. Professor X will Professor X will ride a motorcycle, and he he will uh, do a uh, oh what's that? That's that the move that the Superman move where he'll hold onto the back and he'll pull a gun and shoot people just like in the Triple X movie. Okay. Um... And it'll blow your mind, and then you'll realize that whole time I was watching that Vin Diesel action movie, I was really watching Professor X. <laughs> but Professor X is 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 currently licensed to Fox, right? For for because uh, oh, that's where well, X Men is. I I guess that that's the one thing that'll ruin that 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 uh that scenario. Then Jelly, thanks. Who else could he be playing? Like, there, there, surely there are other other people that could uh, could be playing playing this character, right? There, there are lots of things. I guess he he could be playing it, and I guess it's all about 
you, you, you know, yeah. I think I think with situations like this, we, we kind of go, okay, well, who does he look like? But that's not necessarily the best way to do that because, you know, you can he, he could be playing a CG character. He could be covered in makeup and you know, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and like, again, who, who, it's, it's even hard to judge how important a character he's going to be playing. He could be, you know, guy number three in, in a certain scene that they just need someone famous for. Um, yeah, but, but they'll, they'll use, um, they'll use Stan Lee for that, right? They, that is true. <laughs> yeah. They'll, they'll just throw Stan Lee in there. Um, Although maybe Stan Lee is like guy number one or guy number two, yeah, number one. <laughs> he's, he's always going to be number one. Let's be honest. I mean, he's Stan Lee, man. Excelsior. Um, you know, it's it's one of those, like the kind of people I can picture him being. To me, are are almost like B list bad guys, like the Absorbing Man or is, Avalanche. Is that because you like consider him that, to be B list, uh, like a, a B list actor? <laughs> Yes, but also I I think just because of the the type of characters he usually plays, right, are kind of more of like the I have muscles type characters. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and and those type of characters and the, the the characters in comics who are just like that tend to be kind of like B list. Um, but uh, yeah, I I was I was reading about this and the people suggested he there's a um if he's gonna if they're gonna make him you know someone a, a bit more. I'll call it A and a half list. Um, a minus? Yeah, I'll say A minus, B plus list. Um, someone like Vision from the Avengers, who is um, uh, an android? An android? You know, so, yes. Maybe we could just have data. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> but I, I think I think data has more emotions than Vision does. So Data doesn't you know, have emotions. Don't you know? He does when he has his emotion ship in. Oh, uh, that's true. Later on, it does, he gets that during, like, the movies, doesn't he? Like, he between movies. Yes, in in Generations, Star Trek Generations, he has, he puts the emotion ship in. Yeah. See, I haven't watched that and yet. And it causes all sorts of issues. I'm sure it does. As as emotions are prone to do. Anytime that Data gets emotions in, in the, like, the next-gen series, it's always cause con- for concern. I think it happened like maybe twice. Twice. And you think they would have learned after the first time? Yeah, well, I mean the second I think the second time was when when his brother shows up uh and is basically feeding him emotions somehow and basic and turns date turns him evil. So that's always, you know, always something you should be concerned about. I don't think it's, I, I think what Next Gen is trying to tell us is that robots aren't never are never going to rise up against humanity until they get emotions, and then they will right. rise from the ashes of our death and destruction. Yep, that was good. Yeah, good. So I don't I don't know who he's going to play. Uh, I've I've heard far more interesting casting notices, casting rumors from. Uh, from Marvel, and there's lots of rumors. Hey, like we've talked about some of the rumors before. Like, uh, you know, Tenant was was rumored to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. And dear God, I still hope that actually is going to happen. Even though, <laughs> even though, uh, Karen Gillan is is in there, it would be nice to have have Tenant as well. I guess we. Yeah, will... it, it should be a Doctor Who reunion movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's. That'll end up being terrible for them, but yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that. I would definitely like to see that. Okay, so this past weekend, uh, Ruby and I went up to Sydney, and we went to the Supernova Pop Culture Expo. So, for the people who people at home who don't actually know what Supernova is, uh, it's like Comic Con, but Australian and smaller. Yeah, well, but with the same amount of lines. Yeah, I don't know. Comic Con's lines are pretty big, man. Okay, true, but maybe with the same ratio of lines. 
Yeah, okay. Like how about how about percentage that? percentage wise, like there's the same amount of people in the lines. Yeah, okay. I can I can see that, yeah. That makes sense. So tell me about your experience at uh, at Supernova. We've we we uh we should we should talk about this. Let's tell tell me. What did you do? Okay, well first first I'll say that I enjoyed it. Good. Uh I I did I did enjoy going. Uh I went as a uh, a well, how should we how should I describe it a, a victim of the silence. See, I Doctor knew Who. that straight away. Like I saw when I saw f- photos uh, that, that you had posted online, I was like, "Oh, silence!" And Mel looks at me and like looks at the photo and goes, "I, I what what's on his arms? Why has he got the smudges on his arms?" I'm like, "Come on, that it's <laughs> it's he's counting off the silence." And everybody around us looked at me really weird because that's a sentence that doesn't make sense unless you uh, have seen Doctor Who. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, yeah, so so essentially, yes, I, I was covered in uh, tally marks. Yep, but it was good because it was a it was a very easy costume. <laughs> Indeed, and you had you had a little bit of Batman thrown in there for for good measure, so it was all good. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you got to choose your shirts properly when you go to an event like this. You, you got to say, all right, what shirt would these people appreciate? And, you know, comic shirts always win. But yeah, okay. So uh, we went there, and uh, the first thing we did upon getting there was stand in line. Uh, because. Part of the experience. To get auto. Yes. To, to, to get autographs or photos with any of these celebrities, you have to stand in line to purchase tokens that uh, give you the privilege of standing in line later on. To get the autograph and or photograph that's always fun that your token uh applies for um so that was that was a good you know hour and we were there you know opening oh wow um yeah uh so so i guess i'll say um we, we got we got a photo with carl urban who is mccoy in the latest star trek that's true he's also other things but yes mccoy yes well, that's his most recent film, and uh, I, I guess I, I have two things to say about that. One, he's very tall. Uh, Makes you, you sense. Don't, you don't notice that in movies because they always, you know, mess with the camera in such a way that everyone looks the same height. Yep. But he was—he was easily—he was easily, he was easily a, a head taller than I was. Like I'm pretty sure I came up to his shoulders. Okay. Um, so that that was a different experience. But he also watches Doctor Who because he got my costume as soon as I came in. Nice. See. Yes. <laughs> He and I, we're like brothers, I think. <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Who bros? I don't know. Continue. Who bros? Oh, who bros? <laughs> that should be that should be the the instead of Whovians, we should go with who bros. Who bros? We're who bros. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then we also got a photo with Alan Tudyk from Firefly, Dollhouse, Knight's Tale, various movies, TV shows. Yes. Mm. Yes, um, he was also very nice. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I think with celebrities, even, I, I realize these guys aren't like you know, A listers. They're B, B plusers, B. Um, but it, it, you know, you kind of expect certain people to kind of be, um, you like kind of you with events like this to kind of like rush you through and be like, yeah, yeah, you're paying for this. That's fine. Smile, check done, get out. That kind of thing. Yep. But both both of them were were like really friendly. And, you know, like, like, like Alan Tudyk, like, you know, he looked both me and Ruby, like he shook our hands. He was like, oh, thanks for coming out, guys. You know, like looked you right in the eyes. Like he walked up going, oh, that was really nice, you know. Yeah, that's nice. That's good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm just like, like, I'm just, um, I'm just hiding my jealousy now. Yeah. So you're, you're, uh, you're jelly is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totes jelly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so some, some other people that were there, uh, that we obviously didn't get photos with because those are the only two we got photos with. Uh, Carrie Fisher, right. Princess Leia. Yep. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Yep. Who who is of course David Hasselhoff? And you tell me you didn't hassle the Hoff. I did not. Good. I I knew better than to hassle the Hoff. Yeah. Good. Uh, Margot Kidder, who was Lois Lane in the original Superman movies. Right. The Oliver and James Phelps, who were the Weasley twins in Harry Potter. Okay. Three of the dwarves from The Hobbit, uh, Keeley, Nori, and Ori. Okay. Eve Miles and Kai Owen from Torchwood. Uh, Gwen and Reese, I think. Right. Various people from Merlin, 
uh, Richard Horvitz, who does the voice of, and I got this guy, I got to give me an autograph, the voice of Invader Zim and from Invader Zim and Daggett from Angry Beavers and Billy from uh, Billy and Mandy. So my favorite voice actor in the entire world. I don't know. John DiMaggio. And, come on. Come on. Come no, on. No, no, no. See, Invader Zim always wins. Uh... But this, I, 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 I think I want to say that talking to Richard Horowitz is probably the the high point of, of being there. Um, you know, so uh, he, I, I bought a little, uh, I guess, print for him to sign. And he he did, you know, the thing you, you, you want voice actors to do is he spoke in the voice as he signed it. Nice. Uh, so he's like, oh, this this print. I goes, oh, he's like, I love this episode. You right after this, Zim goes, you know, and he says says the line, writes it down. You know, oh, it was great. Like, like I think that's why I like events. Why events like this are really nice is when you walk away go, like smiling, right? Going, oh, that, that was such a cool thing that I got to speak to that guy or that he did this for me or you know that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that was the great stuff. Some some iffy stuff where again a lot of lines. Like I feel like it was it's one of the situations where they definitely could have organized it a bit better. Like I felt like there was a lot of space where there was nothing, and then there was a lot of space where everyone was trying to get through at the same time. Right. You know, th- there were points where we we would we spent fifteen seconds just stopped because we couldn't get through a section and we had to wait for people to clear out. Yep. Um. But yeah, so there there was lots of cool um. Cool stands. Uh, I, I bought a uh, a seventy centimeter long X Men poster. So it's like a panorama style picture. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a big poster. Yeah, it is big, very big. Uh, I got. Uh, I'm just trying to think of some other. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of what what else. What other neat things that I saw that like. Of course, there's there's tons of like you know. Uh, fantasy weapon stores and stuff like that uh you know so i could have i could have bought various various swords if if that was really my desire and um, it wasn't you're saying that it wasn't your desire to buy well, a fantasy no, see, it, was, sword? it was my desire it was my desire but it was my wallet's desire <laughs> yeah uh, you know, so it was one of the things like oh that's really nice but i don't want to spend 300 bucks on it <laughs> yeah um and the, uh, like I guess, like any convention, there was some really, uh, really nice. Um, I, I don't know what you would you call it. Se- seminar sounds like the wrong word. Uh, s- sessions, panels? Q- panels? Q- panels. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what um, they usually call them. Yeah. Uh, again, because of all the lines and like for the photos, we they they, they said one of the things. Oh, you know, show up, you know, half hour before your photo time. To, to, you know, so you make sure you're in line properly. And e- even with that, both photos we went to ran an hour late. Like where we just sat in line because, because you know, someone, you know, some celebrity, two, two celebrities in front of the one we wanted was, was running late. So it caused everyone else to, to go behind. Yeah, yeah, right. So because of that, we didn't get to, get to go to as many panels as we would have liked um, because we spent most, most of the time in line. But we saw some really like uh, we went to one with Alan Tudyk where, you know, he was telling stories about uh how he had to to kiss Elisha uh, uh, Dushku in in dollhouse and that it you know took them all these takes and then at one point she decided she'd stick his stick her tongue in his mouth <laughs> what yeah so uh, he's like oh you know that was, that was the best time <laughs> the best scene ever you know <laughs> <laughs> why not got to keep it interesting yeah yeah, but you know, it, like it, it was good. Uh, it's, I don't know how else to describe it. Like it was good. Like I, I enjoyed it, and it was it was interesting. You know, seeing there were some really good uh, costumes that other people did. Um, saw quite a few female doctors. Yeah, uh, that's that's been D- Doctor Who. It's been pretty big at, uh, at at San Diego Comic Con recently too. Is uh, yeah. Doctor M- Doctor <laughs> cosplays. Yeah, but like I'm pretty sure I only saw one or two male doctors, but like eight female doctors. Yeah, so. I, I think that's you know the reason that I hear like I hear for that is that there isn't uh, there is a lack of good female recognizable characters out there to cosplay as. Yeah, yeah, you know because there's. 
and I mean, I'm not going to get into in, into that because that's not really a topic that we we really have any sort of knowledge about. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my understanding is that you know because of the lack of uh, of female driven uh, shows and movies and that sort of stuff, that that you know, you girls they they like dressing up as um, female versions of the boy characters because you know, because why not? Because why not? And who 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 are we to you know to complain about it? Really, I I don't mind. I'm sure the more doctors, the better. Yeah, look, I'm just surprised that they were that you know they were happy to cross timelines like that. It was um, <laughs> that seems like it would be a bad idea. So, if you gave if you had to give it like an overall kind of uh, rating, what would what would what what are your kind of takeaways? Okay, I, I would say over overall positive. Yep. Um, but not not extremely so. Right. Uh. Like I said, I, I feel like it, it was just an issue of organization. Okay. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like I, I think if if I had had saved the t- the two hour, extra hours that I spent in, in in or three extra hours that I spent in various lines, I, I would have got to see a bit more and enjoyed a bit more. Right. Because I, I think for me, it felt like a lot of times we, we were just rushing from one place to one place because, you know, like, oh, we, we have to get here at this time or else we're not going to be able to do this. And, like, you know, if if I could just go, okay, let's let's walk over there and check that thing out because, you know, we have we have some time before this. You know, we don't have to worry about it. Like, I would have enjoyed it a bit more. I would have had a chance to kind of, you know, explore. Yeah. And and also I would say maybe letting letting people buy the the tokens for photos and autographs online would have been a, a big help as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like, here's I, the thing. Here's the thing, right? San Diego Comic Con, which is possibly the biggest uh, comic convention internationally, it's it's much the same sort of stuff that you're, you're, you're talking about in, in a much larger, I guess, uh, format. Because, you know, there are still, like, ridiculous lines, like... I mean, did did you line up at at Supernova for anything overnight? <laughs> no, because because there is so much stuff that you have to line up for overnight at San Diego. Like, if you want to get into the main the main hall for the panels, you you pretty much like if you want to get in there at a good time, you need to be there from like the day before. Yeah. Um, and you know, plenty of plenty of other stuff like all the all the interesting panels. Like, you need to you need to be in there for. You know, you know, really, really early, um, lining up, and you know you'll line up half half the day for a panel that's in the afternoon, and you will miss everything on the floor for that. That being said, San Diego San Diego's uh, Comic Con is also like four days long, um, so th- there's much more chance for you to you know get in and out of if, of panels that you want to see, uh, you know get on get onto the the convention floor and stuff like that when when you want to. Um, how how long is how long is Supernova? Uh, I guess I guess you'd say two days and and a night. Right. So like bef- like a night on the before the rest of the con. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the so the opening night. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I I I guess everything that you're talking about, like it it's it sounds like like something that you get at really any old any any con really. Uh, so. I mean, in in that sort of a, a situation, then I mean, it it sounds like it was um it was lots of lots of fun, really. I mean, just you have to deal with the regular convention stuff where where it's not very well organized and where there's you know parts where you just ha- end up standing still for ages because you can't actually move anywhere and because of you know lines that you spend way too long in to you know get to something that you uh, that you wanted to see, so. Standard well, plus, stuff. I, I, I got I got one other complaint. Right. <clears throat> T-shirts there were thirty dollars each. That's way too much. I don't care what country you're in. Thirty dollars is should not be the cost of a T-shirt. Yeah, that's ridiculously expensive. Yeah, and and that was that was ev- like every stand. If there was any clothing, thirty bucks for a T-shirt. Because right. you know, if one person got away with it, everybody was going to get away with it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. But like I said, otherwise overall positive. You know, like I, I enjoyed getting to 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 meet the, the you know meet the celebrities and you know 
purchase some random stuff and that kind of thing. You know, so that that part was nice. It's just I, I just want to think I feel like it, it would be relatively easy for them to make it a lot better. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe there's extenuating circumstances that I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm more than willing to accept that I don't know everything. Just most things. Just, yeah. Absolutely most things. So, uh, we have a little bit of time left, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about uh, a couple of movies that I have seen this last you know, th- this last week, because there's, mo- there's two movies that have come out here in Australia. The first one is Monsters University. And the second one is Man of Steel. Okay, hit us, hit us with the thoughts. I'm going to have to try and keep this pretty quick because uh, because we don't have a lot of time left. So let's just uh, let's just get into it. So to start with Monsters University. So Monsters University is uh, the prequel to Monsters Incorporated, Monsters Inc. Okay. It's obviously set uh, in a university setting, college setting, whatever you want to call it. And is very much a uh, like a college movie, like you know, Revenge of the Nerds, or kind of others in that same sort of uh, same sort of line. Right. You know, the the, the story is focused very much on uh, on Mike. Mike Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski, who like who is you know he's going to to university to you know to study to be. A, a, a scarer, which is what uh, Sully is in the in the in Monsters Inc. And we all know that he's not a scarer uh, in in Monsters Inc. So obviously that was you know it, it's going to turn out uh, not the way that he had hoped. But uh, the the the, the ver- like this this it's all about the journey, really, isn't it? Uh, and so you know that he goes on a journey to you know to find out where his uh, where where he fits within within. His, you know, his, the the world that he inhabits, and you know, along the way, you get, you know, you get to meet, uh, you know, Sully, obviously, um, and you get to meet uh, Randall, the the uh, the purple lizardy looking chameleon, right, uh, the one uh, voiced by the, um, the bad guy from yeah. the, the first movie. Oh, who's he voiced by? I'm, I'm, I, get, I, I have the guy's face in my head, and I don't remember his name. Steve Buscemi. Anyway, so. Uh, Look, as to to give it an overall rating to kind of get started, I would say that it probably rates around a seven. Okay, now out of ten, I, I think we need jellies. We, okay, <laughs> I think we need to ask what was your rating for the original? Mm. Because I, I think I think we need that um, that that to to compare against. You know, I'm gonna give. I, I would have probably given uh, the original about an eight. Okay. Because, like, let, let's be honest. The 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 the, the prequel has it, it has a few issues and it has a few things that it's done a lot better. What it's done a lot better is really rather obvious because I mean the the original movie was released in uh, 2001 and it's now 2013, so 12 years later. Uh, and one would hope that technology is better, <laughs> and indeed it is. Uh, so the the technology that's in uh, that's in Monsters University is so much better. Like the, there's some great stuff that they've done with lighting, and the rendering of stuff looks better. Uh, I mean the lighting in particular, because you know the, for this particular movie, Pixar has have invented, I guess, uh, a, a method for actually. Uh, doing light in the same way that you would do light on a you know on a live action set, uh, where light is reflected off objects and bounced around the room to create like the ambient kind of lighting that you would get in a room. Uh, right. Whereas previous to that, uh, previous to this movie, they've you know they've had to light everything uh, specifically, like even the reflect like reflected light that have had to create actual light sources for, uh, and you know laid out shadows, you know, specifically as well because um because there's no you know, there was no way of actually doing that in uh you know, previous to previous to now. Uh so they've you know, they've improved the technology. They it looks a million times better than uh well maybe not a million, but you know, it looks a lot better than the previ- like the Monsters Inc. did. It looks um, ten years better? It does it looks it looks twelve years better. Oh. Yeah. So you know, it's it's better in that particular way. Uh, it does like the, the the story. The story is is 
uh, enjoyable, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call it anything uh, anything other than that. Like it's it's certainly not uh, you know it's it's certainly not great. Uh, I it, it it's it's definitely you know it's definitely got its Pixar like the Pixar stamp where you know they spend a lot of time working on their story and stuff like that. But I would never call this their best film ever. Um, it's as far as story goes, it's you know probably very average for them. Uh, which you know, for other for other studios that do similar sort of movies, you know, it, it probably is great. But for Pixar, you know, we've we've come to expect a lot more from them, right? Uh, and so it's not as it's not as great as some of the movies that we've seen before. And I think probably the story is probably what makes it lose that uh, that jelly. I think all said and done, uh, Monsters Inc. is definitely a movie that you should go and see. Uh, while it's in cinemas, um, you can choose to go see it in 3D or not. I, I'm not going to really uh, tell you what to see there. I saw it in 3D. Uh, it looked fine in 3D. Like it looked great in 3D. Um, obviously, it's you know it's a computer generated movie, so those aren't uh, you know post converted to 3D because they can just render it that way. Um, right. Which is you know which make, means that it actually does look really good. Uh, but you know go and see it. 2D, 3D, seating, whatever you, whatever you prefer, I guess. Okay. Well, but definitely, you've definitely heard go your and folks, Seven out of ten. <laughs> seven out of ten. Then the, the like, the, the, then it comes to uh, Men of Steel, I guess. So Men of Steel is one that I went and saw last night because uh, today, today is the first day that it's out in in Australia. It's been out in America for like. What like a week or two? Yeah. So you know, people have plenty of people have been to see it before before I even got a chance to. Uh, and so I'd seen like but lots. You, but I'd you're s- the first important one that's seen it, Shelley. That's what's important. <laughs> Fair enough. So I mean, I, I'd seen lots of uh, lots of people kind of talking about it. And, you know, some people had liked it, some people had really liked it, and some people had thought that it needed, you know, that there was still stuff that was wrong with it. And there was some people that you know fit, felt that it wasn't, it didn't fit in with the Superman, uh, you know, mythos, I guess. So to kind of kick things off, I think I'd probably rate it about maybe a six. Okay. Mm, yeah. Now, I get. Should, should I ask the question? Say, what did you? What would you rate the previous Superman movie? Oh, the previous Superman movie was trash, man. Uh, <laughs> it was probably like a three or a four. Okay. Um. Okay. So, so possibly this movie was twice as good as that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, they both ha- they've both benefited from you know from like lots of effort being put into the the visual effects and that sort of stuff obviously right uh this one in particular like it had tons of visual effects uh ridiculous amounts of visual effects um but it didn't like uh, and i mean it it felt like it felt like a superman movie to certain to to a certain extent but in other in other ways it didn't um probably like <laughs> the biggest issue that i have with it really uh and this is also an issue that my wife had with it uh in fact she had this issue more than i did because she's more susceptible to it uh is that uh, it's very clear to me that Zack snyder has completely forgotten what steady cam is <laughs> um every other shot and in fact probably even more than that you know one out of one out of five shots was was actually steady uh, everything else was shaky, shaky cam. So you're shaking around, you're zooming in and out really quickly, you know, that sort of stuff, which is all the rage at the moment because it sh- puts you in the action. And it was just un... Right. Like, it was really hard to watch. Like, I was having so much trouble watching it, uh, like, just keeping my eyes on it because by by about a third, you know, maybe a third of the way through the movie, about a, uh, you know, my eyes started to actually get tired and sore from from trying to watch it and then by the end of the movie i was just, like i'd done everything i'd tried to you know take the take off the the glasses you know the 3d glasses to see if that was helping and no that didn't really help and you know resting my eyes and rubbing my eyes because it was just like it was so much it was it was kind of trying to what like like trying to watch a movie in a car but not just any car right. like not just a car going down a city street where it's re- relatively you know uh you know smooth this is like trying to watch a movie 
uh, in a car that is actually like off road and you know going over rocks and bumps and just kind of throwing you fact, all over the place. Not even, you're not even in that car. You're in a different car chasing that car. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. It was re- like it was just all over the place. Like it, and that that is probably a big reason why it loses so much for me. Um, the story was was interesting. I felt like some of the stuff uh, doesn't really follow Superman, like the Superman that I've come to know over the years. Um, right. Some of the stuff that's happened that happened in there, like you would never <laughs> have seen that in, say, Smallville. And it's not because they couldn't afford like to do big budget movie effects. It's because it doesn't really fit with what you know of Superman. Right. I'll try not to spoil you exactly what I'm talking about, but it happens towards the end of the movie. Uh, in fact, it's basically the 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 you know the final final you know climax of the movie, I guess. Okay. And the way that it, you know the way that it works out is, is I, I don't feel like it's something that Superman would have ever done. Uh, that being said, like there's been plenty of talk about how much carnage is in the movie, how much you know they tear up the joint. Uh, Small, like Smallville, gets a small, you know, a small uh, appearance in in the movie. Uh, there's fighting on the kind of the main street area. Uh, you know, the place is just torn to torn to crap at the end of uh, at the end of that sequence. Uh, Metropolis basically loses about three or four city blocks that just get uh, <laughs> get reduced to like flat ground, uh, which which is really really weird. Um, Teach them to be a major city in a complex universe. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a lot of there, there's a lot of you know destruction that goes on. Uh, some of it is you know some of it's obviously because of uh, because of the bad guys you know and Zod and and that. Uh, some of it is actually more Superman's fault uh, because he has no he he has no concept of oh maybe I shouldn't be you know destroying the joint while I'm trying to also save the planet. Right. Uh, obviously, some of it, you know, he can't help, but you know that that's uh, th- there was there was an excessive amount of it. Let let's just put it that way. I did like the fact that uh, that Lois Lane was more than just you know the the damsel in this particular movie. Uh, she played a very key role from right from very early on in the movie. Uh, in you know in how Superman kind of grew to become who he was uh that being said you know that there's a like there's that they they kind of culminate that in you know in making the, the the two of them making out at the like after one of the major battles uh and there's like a but is it is it super making out uh, it's pretty yeah well here's the thing like it, it felt wrong like it felt like it shouldn't have happened um and not because you know because like obviously obviously we all know that uh, that you know superman and lois lane are, you know they get together and there's this whole you know love thing interest thing going on there right uh, always always has been um but the way that this movie kind of brought that brought that to you know to effect like it almost felt like it we we probably could have waited till the sequel for that sort of stuff to happen because this didn't feel it didn't feel right. right it just felt it felt kind of forced it kind of came i mean it came a little bit out of nowhere um because you you're building these two characters up right and superman's being built up to be you know superman and being uh you know being superman and lois lane is being built up to be this you know this uh really capable uh reporter who does you know goes beyond you know beyond just reporting she goes out there and you know puts on you know there's there's a line from the trailer and it's in the movie you know she she doesn't feel uh, she doesn't feel comfortable writing unless she's in a flat you know a a flap jacket which is you know basically you know unless she's actually out there on the front lines you know writing about you know wars and stuff like that she doesn't feel comfortable doing that sort of stuff and so it kind of suggests her character to you right um and right throughout the movie you see that like she's in there she's doing the stuff she's getting into the action she's not like she's not at all uh you know she's she's not at all deterred by that um and so you get to the end of the you get you get to this point and you just they're, like they're they're strong they're fairly, fairly strong characters and then it's kind of like they kind of then they start kissing and it's like you know yeah sure like you know there, there was there was previous to that there was kind of some you know some 
obvious like obvious kind of leading bits to that, but there was nothing. It just didn't feel right. It, like it, it, it felt wrong. I, I feel like it. They could, probably could have waited for that until you know, the, till the sequel, which there will inevitably right. okay. be. So, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very gl- glad that it's, you know, that it's, uh, it's got, you know, a fairly strong story. I mean, it's got, it's got some like it, there's, a, there's obviously stuff there that's, that's got issues and they sh- probably should have dealt with. Um, it could have done with, you know, another round of editing, uh, like script editing and probably editing in the, in the. Um, in the editing room as well, uh, in the film sense. Um, right. But, like, it, it's... I, I feel like it's probably a good movie, but it was ridiculously ruined by the fact that I couldn't... Like, it was really difficult to watch. Like, it was a strain to watch it. And, in fact, like, Mel, Mel almost gave up at a few instances and still, this morning, having seen it, like, last night, uh, she was feeling feeling nauseous. So... Um, shaky cam, well, guys. Um, Terrible idea. Has um, do you think it's anything to do with the fact that you saw it in three D? I I had actually wondered that, and and here's the thing. I I'm my plan is to see it again, uh, not in cinemas. I'm not going to try and put myself through that again. Uh, I'm going to wait until it comes out on well, not DVD, but you know, wait, wait until it comes out to be able to download it or whatever uh, from iTunes, I guess, and see it then. Because look, it'll be it'll be out in like two or three months. Um, okay, and you, and you let us know if it makes you sick then. Well, yes, because I I feel like it, it probably was like the scale of it uh, matched with the fact that it was in three D. I can probably I reckon like the, the shaky cam on a regular TV screen may not affect me the same same way, but it was definitely the shaky cam because it was all over the place. It was really really like that. Um, so, guys, uh, basically, the takeaway from this is if you would like to go and see Man of Steel because you're interested in Superman or because you want to see a really good action movie, um, then this is a great movie. If, however, you have issues with uh, with shaky cam or, uh, you know, or, or general you know, motion sickness in, in movies, if you've ever had that sort of experience, then you're probably going, like, <laughs> you're probably going to find yourself... Uh, really wanting to leave about halfway through. Yeah. So, you know, keep that in mind while you see it. And yeah, I'd say probably about a six six out of ten jellies. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, whenever I do get around to seeing it, I'll give it a, a B in rating and we'll see, we'll, see how, we'll see how I'm feeling afterwards. And take a bucket. Yeah, just in case. Well, I reckon that's probably about all we've got time for. So, if you would like to read any of the articles uh, that we have mentioned, uh, or you would like to read anything, uh, actually, while I'm talking about that, there is uh, our sister podcast. I feel weird calling it our sister podcast, considering that it's Mel that's doing it with uh, with her friend Katie. Uh, Silver Screen Queens. Uh, they're a movie movie podcast on the same that you know that that uh, we, I I produce, I guess. And they have just recently done an episode. Uh, it's about half an hour long on Monsters University, and next week's episode is actually going to be on Men of Steel. If you're interested in those two movies, you should definitely go and check that that podcast out. Uh, that will be. Um, I'll, I'll throw the links for for the you know, the Monsters University episode into the show notes so that you can quite easily go and find it. Uh, but if you want to see our show notes, all you need to do is go to jellyandbean.co forward slash. 31 jellyandbean.co forward slash 31 just to you know slow it down because I said it really fast if you would like to get in touch with us have a conversation you know tell us about how things are going at home how are things going at home you can send us an email we have a website for that as well uh, well, it's a web page, really. Not a whole, we don't have an entire site dedicated to it. Uh, all you do is go to jellyandbean.co forward slash contact. So it's the same as the show notes, except instead of the number, it's just contact. Uh, and you can there's a form there that you fill out, and it sends both me and Brandon an email. It's awesome. Uh, and you fill that out. You can send it to us. We I think we dance happily. That's I think that's that's the general consensus. 
you can also yeah, contact that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so you can also contact us individually as well uh, on Twitter. Brandon is at Brandroid Attack and I am at Jelly Bean Soup. That's it. We will see you next week for possibly the worst, possibly the best episode ever. Number 32. Because it's backwards of 23, you see. And try playing it in reverse, I guess. Maybe we'll record it in reverse. Who knows? We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.